Welcome to Motivators in Motion, where the world's top talent give you a daily dose of what drives them towards excellence to give you the inspiration you need to pursue your passion. Listen in as industry professionals, elite athletes, and star-studded entertainers share their unique experiences and encourage you to take that next step toward achieving your dream. It's time to put yourself in motion with your host, Brad Delius. Hey everyone, are you ready to be motivated? Today we're going to be speaking with Annalie Skye. Annalie is a writer and the author of the young adult novel Surfer Girl, which is now available on Amazon. We're going to chat with Annalie about her novel and more in just a second, but first, let's thank our sponsor. Interactive offers have taken traditional marketing to the next level. With a technology that allows publishers to serve dedicated emails, in-email native ads, and other media channels with a cost-per-click model. Publishers remain in control of their audience by selecting inventory that will best fit their users. Interactive offers have partnered with leading publishers such as Raging Bull, Motley Fool, and The Washington Times to help marketers boost traffic, get conversions, and increase revenue through different media channels all in one hub. Their goal is to remain completely transparent and maximize ROI and revenue. Whether you're looking to get traffic or already have traffic in place, Interactive Offers can boost your profits and conversions. Visit InteractiveOffers.com to get started today. Interactive Offers. Smarter marketing, better results. That's InteractiveOffers.com. Annalie, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on today. And if you could, just start out by telling everyone what you're most excited about in your life right now. Hi, um, thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I guess I'm most excited, honestly, about slowing down. <laughs> kind of crazy, actually. I've been working really hard trying to get everything together, getting my book into print, and then the whole thing that that is, and then moving. I've been traveling a lot. I've been moving. I'm in the Caribbean right now. I'm doing a lot of freelance writing. And so I've kind of been excited. I've gotten to a point where I'm at the precipice where things are finally slowing down, and I'm beginning to see the fruits of my labor. And so that feels really exciting. I've just been watching my book begin to climb up the ranks on Amazon and Kindle and Barnes and Nobles and all the different platforms. And that's just been really fun to kind of watch things finally blossom for me. There's definitely a notion, I think, of we have to be doing a lot of different things on a regular basis, right? To get whatever project we're working on or whatever idea we have to get it off the ground, to get it going on a good, consistent basis. We have to be doing a lot of stuff, right? Or at least that's the notion. And uh, to be able to get to a point where things are almost slowing down, as you're saying, has got to be very satisfying in a sense. And um, I think a lot of people just probably want to know how, where's the beginning stages? How does someone get to that point? And obviously it probably starts with your love for writing, being a writer and where that started. So if you could take us through the process of when you first started to develop your writing, the love for it and uh, how things have kind of progressed here over time. You know, I, I think I've always like loved writing, but only for myself. Um, I never really wanted to share my work with anyone. And I was definitely the kid that I like had the crayon and kept the journal and had the vivid imagination. And I have an older brother and I would always make him act in my plays when he just wanted to play like Ninja Turtles. Um, and so the, <laughs> so the love for writing has always been there, but I actually really disliked English class. I didn't like the structure of it. I didn't think I could become a writer because I didn't want to like, I felt like writing a term paper. Um, really? And 
Yeah, it did. And I had an English professor who hated my voice and he was like, you're never, like, you're never going to make it as a writer. Um, and so I took a different path for a while um, before I came back to it. Was there a moment in, as far as uh, obviously leaving it, coming back to it, was there a moment that you knew though that this was going to be your thing, that you know what, it just kind of clicked, you know what, I'm going to be a writer, this is probably for me more exciting than doing another type of job and nothing's going to really fulfill me as far as this uh, with writing and how it's going to really just make me whole as a, you know, a professional in general. Was there a moment like that for you? There was a moment. I think um, I decided, like, I went into counseling. So I worked with children, um, level 15 children, before they would commit suicide. And I, I did love it. And I loved working with people. And I loved sort of that entire field. But I would, I didn't feel fulfilled. Like, you know, that feeling like there's always something, like, missing. But it was so vague, I couldn't figure out what it was. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so I decided that I, I saved up a year's worth of income. And I'm like, you know what? Like, screw all those professors. Like, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to write a book. And that was it. And I sat down and I began to write and I was terrible, right? Because I didn't go to classes for it. I took a different route. Like I didn't know there's a whole craft to writing a story. And so climbing up the mountain to like really learning how to write and what made for good story and learning like all the little intricate details was kind of a challenge. Like it wasn't like this easy path that all of a sudden I woke up and oh, I'm a writer and I have this book, right? But there was one moment where I was sitting down and I wrote this scene and it made me cry. And I, I felt so moved by the scene and by the characters. And um, I was like, wow, I'm a writer. And I love this, right? Like, I didn't want to stop. I could write for hours and hours and hours. And I wasn't looking for, like, when can I get off work so my life could begin? It was like that one moment where I was like, no, my, this is my life. And I feel so fulfilled right now. And that's when I'm like, okay, no matter the stakes, no matter the hurdles, I'm going to continue moving through them so that I can, I can do this, you know? It's really cool when you're able to have an idea or just as a writer to start from scratch and to really create something out of nothing. I, there's, there's probably few things like that in life that you can really kind of see something throughout, through and through. And um, writing obviously allows for you to do that. And I'm kind of curious maybe who initially taught you or inspired you to really be authentic in your work. And obviously for people who have uh, read your book, they've checked out your blog, you're very authentic and uh, you're very real. Uh, there's really no mm, kind of like beating around the bush, sort of say you're very straightforward with people. And I'm just curious, like who taught you that? How did you get into that mode of being so authentic in everything you do? Like, you know, there's people that you meet and they seem to radiate and you just feel like they're magic. I think Tanya Markle is one of the so honestly and unapologetic that um, I just think when you read people's work like that or you meet them and you have a conversation with them, you know that you're like just meeting they're not asking questions in the world. They're just telling up that they're giving you all of themselves. And so I think that when I meet people like that, I'm fully inspired and I hope to one day be someone like that for people. What's the biggest challenge in writing that just like a love story in general, that's the hardest part about it for you? What have you found has been the most challenging part? And maybe what's one common mistake that isn't so obvious on the surface, but you know that um, being around it on a regular basis, one common mistake that people should probably try and avoid when they're writing? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the general craft of writing. And so that you'll find in every single book, like on craft show, um, all those kind of things. But it really is sort of this, writing honestly 
So when it's coming, I'm writing, it's like you're watching this movie in your head and you're just trying to get it done fast enough, right? Like you have these characters, they will take over, they will tell their story, and sometimes, most times, it's not where you think they're going to go. And then you're just writing it down. But the trick is, like, not trying to manipulate it and not trying to make it more PC or nice or, you know, because sometimes it's shocking. And for you as a writer to kind of write that down and, and just write it down honestly is the biggest thing. Um, and the most common mistake that really grates on me is when writers just write something convenient so that their outlandish plot can make sense. You know, like they'll just go back and you can tell they just randomly picked a chapter and put like one detail in that makes the plot make sense like five chapters later. And I just feel like that's really convenient writing. Um, sometimes when you're up against a wall and you have no idea like how you're going to get your characters out of this position that they've gotten themselves in, but you do the hard work and you just sit with them and you allow them to be in this like really uncomfortable place and they finally work their way out or they don't. Like that's the books that, I don't know, like you can tell like they're magic. Like they, they stand apart from the other books where the writer just said, oh, I don't know how to do this. So I'm just going to go back, change this detail and it'll make sense now. You know, what continues to motivate you on a regular basis and not just when the, you know, we always go through the peaks and valleys and when the highs are high, you know, they're high, everything's going really good, but obviously we have lows in there as well. And I'm just wondering what continues to push you through. What's your constant that regardless of the ups and downs, you'll be able to continue to go through it without a problem. Right. I was actually raised in a lot of chaos and so I'm not afraid of like working hard in life and like really, you know, like moving through that. But I, um, it sounds so cliche. It's such a cliche answer, but I just really, I really believe with like every fiber of me that we only have one life. Right. And I want to live the best life I can. Like I genuinely like wake up every day and even when I'm tired and I don't want to write or I don't want to do whatever it is that I don't want to do, sometimes I will just play hooky because that is part of living your best life. But, um, I don't know, like every, (laughs) Like in every decision like I make, I just really think like if I die tomorrow, you know, like, is this how I want to end? Like, did I tell everyone I loved them? Like, I don't know. And I think that is comes from working with the children I used to work with because I, I worked with a lot of kids that wanted to commit suicide. Um, and so dealing with sort of that, like dealing with life or death really does make you ponder and think about and like really embrace death in a way that maybe if you're kind of removed from it, um, you don't, but yeah, I think that's what motivates me. Just wanting to, I don't know, like I want to shine really bright in this lifetime. And that doesn't mean being famous or rich. It just means like, I want my soul to like just really shine. Um, and so yeah, that's what motivates me usually. Is there a writer that you maybe would like to work with that you've always looked up to? You really look to their writing because it's inspirational. Is there anyone you particularly would like to meet maybe at some point? Yes, if I could bring her back from the dead, Jane Austen. <laughs> like, I'm obsessed. Like, you have no idea. I've read every book that she's written, like, a million times. I've watched Pride and Prejudice, the five-part BBC series, like, a billion yeah. times. Yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed with <laughs> Jane Austen. Like, I just, whatever reason, her writing, like, it really speaks to me. And she has, like, this, um, this sharp wit. And the way that she can size someone up in, like, three words is like brilliant like her mind is brilliant and for me when I read her work I just am in awe of like how she does that 
What advice would you give to people who they want to go where you where you're at right now, um, but they're unsure of how to begin exactly? They're unsure of how to start writing. What advice would you give to those people who initially want to get going with it? So I'm probably going to give the same advice everyone gives, and it's really the only advice that got me through. You have to sit down and write. Like everyone thinks, I need all this preparation. I need to do this stuff. I need to not have this going or that going. Like you really just need to sit down and write. Like the only thing that differentiates authors from writers is that they actually followed the vision. Like whatever it is, like some people are pantsers, some people are plotters, but however it is that they actually followed the novel all the way to completion. And then they rewrote it like 15 million times because you're like the first thing you write isn't good. Right. It takes like seven drafts to just get a rough draft that you can begin like actually editing. So I think sitting down to write and realizing that you're going to be working with that manuscript for like 1500 drafts and you're going to hate it and you're going to have to put it away and you're going to have to pick it back up and, you know, and then you're going to have to keep reworking it. So, that's But it's got to become thing. a part of you, right? It becomes a part of you. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. And you just, yeah, it's weird because you actually have to face a lot of your own things because every writer has like comparison or for me like I don't want other people to actually read my work so when I have people tell me they read my work I'm like oh you know um and so you just you come across yourself like every time you sit down to write and you you can you either make the excuse to not write or you sit down and you write and then you just kind of pick off one more of those things that like you know haunt you I guess I don't know is there something you maybe would like to see changed or just be different about the writing and uh, the publishing industry, books in general? Something that, I don't know, maybe you've noticed, uh, but isn't so obvious to a lot of people that you think, you know what, actually, if they change this to that, it might be a little bit better. Uh, reviews, no. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> it's changing a lot. I think that before being an indie published author, was there was a big stigma on it, but now a lot of... Um, traditionally published authors I'm moving to indie because that's kind of where the money is and it's easier when you have control of your work and there's a lot of quality editors out there that you can have a quality product and not necessarily have to give away you know like 60 percent of your royalties but I think if there was anything that I could change I don't know maybe I mean personally and I don't know maybe this doesn't even answer the question but I think some people are just like it's hard to keep people's like attention for a 15 second Instagram story so someone who literally sat down and you got to the end of their 200 page novel, like that in itself deserves like accolades, you know, and I don't think we celebrate each other enough for just finishing the book. Like we're always quick to jump to like what's wrong with it or, you know, like maybe it's not as edited or polished as it could be, but it, I would love to see more writers just appreciate another writer just getting to the end. Cause that in itself is an enormous accomplishment, you know? What's the biggest takeaway from Surfer Girl that people should know? If people haven't read the book yet, maybe they're looking to read the book, uh, what's something that may be, well, going into it at least, that they should look at, they should kind of keep an eye out for in the book itself, what should they kind of expect without giving a whole lot away, obviously? It was interesting because I wrote it dual, um, dual point of view. So I have the male's point of view and the female point of view. And really kind of stepping into these characters, was new for me because I tend to write literary fiction or like a different genre altogether. So this is my first young adult. Um, and I just, it's a feel good story, but there's, um, I don't know, it deals with first love and sort of the roller coaster of what that is and self-esteem and finding yourself, you know, and like realizing that when you put your, like when you put all of your worth in someone else's pocket, like you're never really going to find happiness in life. Like you have to take that back and like really 
like be happy first before you can find love. And so I think that at the end, that's sort of the story I'm trying to tell. We, I have no idea if I told it. <laughs> so we'll find out. We'll find out, right? Exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Annalie, I don't think there's any question about it. You're definitely a motivator in motion with all the things you're doing with your writing and your books and uh, blogging in general. Just putting your work out there for people to see. I love it. It's awesome stuff. And being authentic to yourself as well, that never really goes out of style, right? So definitely yep. congrats on the different things you have going on. And for people who maybe want to check you out for the first time and some of the work you're doing, where's the best place for them to go? Probably Instagram. I think from there they can find my website. They can find my poetry page. They can pretty much find everything about me um, on Instagram. Like there's a link to everywhere that I'm at um, to include all of my books. Awesome um, stuff. It's at Annalise Sky. Yeah. Thank you. You got it. Annalise, thanks so much once <laughs> again for joining us here. And thank you for motivating us a little bit here today on Motivators in Motion. <laughs> thank you. It was fun. <laughs> Interactive offers have taken traditional marketing to the next level. With a technology that allows publishers to serve dedicated emails, in-email native ads, and other media channels with a cost-per-click model. Publishers remain in control of their audience by selecting inventory that will best fit their users. Interactive offers have partnered with leading publishers such as Raging Bull, Motley Fool, and The Washington Times to help marketers boost traffic, get conversions, and increase revenue through different media channels all in one hub. Their goal is to remain completely transparent and maximize ROI and revenue. Whether you're looking to get traffic or already have traffic in place, Interactive Offers can boost your profits and conversions. Visit InteractiveOffers.com to get started today. Interactive Offers. Smarter marketing, better results. That's InteractiveOffers.com. That's all for this episode of Motivators in Motion. For more information to keep you motivated between episodes, be sure to visit MotivatorsInMotion.com to sign up for our newsletter and receive daily inspirational tips, strategies, and resources. That's available exclusively on MotivatorsInMotion.com.